Hey, ladies. Welcome to Speak Life Podcast with Lex. I am so glad that you stopped in. This is a safe place where we talk about all the things from real life topics, daily struggles, and most topics that most people don't want to talk about. And before we dive in, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share so that you can keep up with all the things Speak Life. So the topic that I want to talk about today is... Tis the season for family. I know I talked about last week, tis the season, but this one is tis the season for family. And family is such a huge, there's like a huge dynamic when you bring that topic up. Because when you hear family, you can think of, oh, yay, like I love my family. I can't wait. Then there's the other side of the spectrum where you're like, oh my goodness, family, I can wait and I don't want to go. And then there's the aspect of family. I wish I had a family, you know? So there's like different triggers and different things for people, whether it's good or bad, but I wanted to spin it from this perspective of whether we come from dysfunction or not, which I'm highly convinced that we all come from some sort of dysfunction, whether our family was there or they were there and not really present or they were there and we're critical, whatever. There's some sort of dysfunction that we all come from and some more than others. And I'm sure if we sat here and heard each and every one of our different stories that we'd be able to find out real quick who was more dysfunctional than the other. But that's not the point. The point that I want to make today is whether we come from dysfunction or not, how can we show our family Christ and represent his love? So I realized that I've been on the kick of talking about the light and how we're meant to be a light. And it's because it's so important. Like that's literally our call is to be a light unto the world. And there's so many people that are like, I don't know what I'm called to do. And I don't know what I'm meant to do. And it says it right there in the word that we're meant to be salt and light in the world And we're meant to be that light in darkness because we live in a dark world. And it says in the word that we're not of this world. We're just passing through. And so while we're here in this dark world, in the culture that tells us to do the opposite of what the word says, we're meant to be that light, be that person that's bringing the joy and bringing the truth. And we're not going to be liked. It says in the word that we're going to be persecuted for the bringing the truth. But that shouldn't stop us. And how someone treats us, how someone looks at you, how someone describes you, whether people gossip about you, if someone beats you, if someone spits on you, and I know I'm getting extreme, but like, I'm trying to make a point that no matter what happens to you, especially through family, we're still meant to love and to choose the higher road and to be a light in the darkness. And I know that's easier said than done, especially from someone that likes that when not likes, let me let me take that word back, <laughs> especially from someone in the past, because I'm a whole totally new person. I don't walk in that nature anymore who likes to fight. Now, I like to fight in the spirit and not physically. And so when the word talks about turning the other cheek, I'm like, yo, that's really hard. I don't even know what I would do in that situation as my new walking in my new uh, my new. Uh, what is it? I don't know what word I'm trying to find right now. But you know what I mean. And so my point is with the craziness of how family could be, whether you come from a crazy family or you love your family so much, whatever side of the spectrum that you're on, we're still meant to love 
and to represent Christ, especially during this time where some of us, we only see our family once a year, like our distant family. Or in my case, I see my parents a few times a year because they live in Florida. I live in West Virginia, so I'm not able to see them all the time. But around the holidays, we do make it an effort to spend time together because it's the season. It's the season of where you get together with family on Thanksgiving. You're thankful for all the things. Um, I know one of our traditions is we go around the room and we talk about how thankful we are before we eat for one another. And then for Christmas, like you want to, there's just something about having family as a comfort around that time, giving gifts to one another and loving on another, uh, one another. And when you're part of a healthy family, you're there to, to lift each other up and to be pointed to Christ and to focus your eyes on him. And I've been talking about that a lot too, because in this day and age, it's so easy to get our eyes off of the truth and off of God. And so family. So I want to dive more into that. How can we serve the ones that we love? So I know in the past I've talked about the dysfunctional family around the holidays and how if you can heal from those different childhood wounds and different things that they can treat you however they want to treat you, even as an adult, but you can't control their actions, but you can control yourself and how you react. And if you haven't heard that, you probably can go find it. It was something that I spoke on last year. But this year, I want to talk about serving the ones that we love because we are to walk in servanthood, which means that we're not a, a servant as in like, oh, I'm a slave. It's more of a servant as how can I serve you? How can I lay my life down for you? And that's a big one, especially if your family dynamic is dicey. It's hard to say, you know what? That person hurt me. I'm going to put that hurt aside. I'm going to give it to the Lord. I'm going to forgive, which is a huge one as well with family. You have to forgive, ladies. If there's someone in your life that's a family member or anyone, not just family, anyone that you have not forgiven and it comes up while you're around family and friends around this time, you really need to make it a point to forgive and let it go because it doesn't affect the other person. The other person is living life, doing the things, doing their work and their dreams, all the different things. And you're sitting here dying inside because that's what happens when you hold unforgiveness. You literally are dying inside the inside of you. Like there's people that literally die a physical death for hold it, holding unforgiveness and bitterness for their whole life where they literally end up dying. Like you, it wreaks havoc on your system. You, you end up having sicknesses and things that shouldn't even be there because you don't want to let it go. And it comes down to you not wanting to, to let go of something that you think wasn't right. And it wasn't, it probably wasn't right. But Jesus died on the cross so that we can forgive others. He forgives us. And if he could forgive us and our dirtiness, and you know, that you've been through some things like that. He, you probably didn't even deserve that, but he forgave you in that and your dirty, nasty sin. He forgave you. And so he forgave us. And now as that example, we could forgive others. And that's why it says in the word that you could forgive 70 times, seven times or something like that. And if we, if he could do it, we could do it as well. And it says in his word that if we can't forgive, he can't forgive us. And you don't want that to happen. So you have to let that thing go. And I wasn't even going to talk about this, but it's meant for somebody to hear because this is such a strong, strong subject. And 
my mom was telling me the other day, uh, she goes to Rodney Howard Brown School in Florida, and she said that he was talking about this topic of unforgiveness. And we don't realize how, how important it is to forgive and how important it is to, to not harbor unforgiveness. But this opened my eyes and I was like, whoa. But I don't know if it was him or a guest speaker or someone, but one of these podcasts I'll find out and I'll say the name and all that. Cause I could do a whole podcast on forgiveness because I'm telling you guys when I, what I'm about to tell you is so important. But anyways, this person got up, whether it was him or a guest speaker and said he had a visitation and he went to hell. And when he went to hell, he, so this is why he went to hell. Let me rewind back. I'm trying to get better on my, my storytelling skills, but the guy that was speaking, he said that something happened and him and his wife got into a heated argument. And I want to say the wife smacked him or something. That's how heated it got. And in his culture, first of all, you know, he's a man. And then second of all, in that culture that he was a part of, whatever it was, I'm just paraphrasing what my mom was telling me. The guy was like, I cannot believe that this woman did that. So he started to harbor unresentment that turned into bitterness, that turned into unforgiveness. And he said that the Lord, he had this visitation and he went to hell. And he said that there were people in hell that were Christians that had unforgiveness, that harbored unforgiveness. And they were in hell because of the unforgiveness. And I was like, yo, that's deep. And he said that the Lord was showing him that because he harbored that unforgiveness so deep against his wife because of what happened. He didn't want to let it go. And the Lord showed him that. And so now to this day, this guy, I'm going to find the name because it's powerful. This guy is t going around telling Christians, you cannot harbor unforgiveness. You cannot harbor unforgiveness. It's that deep. And so I was like, yo, that's so crazy. And so I'm like taking an evaluation over my life. Like, who am I holding unforgiveness towards? Because I do not want to hold that. And I think even John Bevere talks about that too. Like the bait of Satan and offense and unforgiveness and all that stuff. But we cannot harbor unforgiveness because if we do, it's going to hold you back while the person's living life, while you're sitting there dying and they're free. So all you have to do is to sit there and say, God, what happened was not right. What they did to me was not right, but I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to surrender it to you. And when I do that, and when you do that, I'm telling you that freedom will take place then and there, and you'll be able to be free and feel better and move on and live life and not just always stay stuck in that scenario. So I hope that that encouraged someone out there to forgive when you're around your family and friends because it is the season to let that thing go, to go into a new year with a new attitude and a new life of freedom. So how can we serve the ones that we love? I'm going to give you some more practical advice. I know for me personally, this was a hard one. Like there was times where my mom and I, we were oil and water, bro. Like we literally just butt heads. And it's because I found out as I've gotten older, we're so much alike. So she's telling me this and I'm telling her that and we're just bumping heads. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh my goodness, as a mom, I realize myself in her shoes. Now I put myself in her shoes and I'm like, wow, like as a mom, it's a whole new ball game. And it just made me understand her more and better. And then I've also gone through deliverance of some things that I didn't know was there of anger, of pride, of different things that was making my relationship with my family like sandpaper. 
And I always wanted to be the one that was right. I wanted to be the one that was dominant. I wanted to be the one that no one told what to do. And because of that, it caused a lot of issues in my family. So once those things, I resolved those things and and allowed God to heal those parts of me, which a lot of it triggered from childhood stuff that was misunderstandings and things that were hap- not happened, not done or didn't happen and just different dynamics. And I know a lot of you have gone through that as well, but I chose to heal and I chose to, to, to ask the Lord to bring to the surface all the things that was not of him. And man, oh man, is that hard? Is it hard to allow those things to surface and then deal with them? Cause we could allow things to surface and then choose to ignore it. But when you allow to, when you allow yourself to, to look at those things and say, man, I'm going to really work on this and allow Holy Spirit to reveal those things. It can get so ugly. Like there were some things that I didn't even know were there. And sometimes I wanted to ignore it. I was like, I don't want to deal with that. I didn't know that that ugly side of me was in there. I didn't know that was there. And then every time I pray that the Lord would reveal some things, an ugly side of me comes up. Someone says something to me or something triggers or a scenario happens. And I'm like, I react in a certain way. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't know that was there. That's so ugly. And my husband's like, yep. (laughs) But if you could choose to work on those things, then you'll start to realize that you're different and and you begin to change and you get to, you, you begin to metamorph into this whole new person. And then your family recognizes it. They're one of the first people that recognize this new change in you. And so that was me. That was my testimony. So I would get around my family during this season of healing. And they're like, what did you do different? You did something different. There's something different about you. Your countenance changed. You're not so angry. I'm telling you guys, I was like that person that was always on edge to the point that like, say my mom or somebody says something or my sister and I'd like literally clap back right away. I'm like, what? What you want to say? What you want to do? Like always on edge. And not only was it torture for me and I was being tormented with that and I thought it was just a part of me, but my family, like it was annoying for them too. And so I always thought it was them. But a lot of it, some of it was them, but then most of it was myself. And I had those blind spots. And until I was able to get free of those things, I continued to blame and to continue to be the victim. And so you don't have to be that. But before we can serve others, we got to realize that we got to realize that we can heal, too, and we can work on ourselves to be able to not react when something does take place that we may not like. So that was a huge one for me. So when I began to get around my family, they're like, wow, something changed. Alexis, you're different. And that brought a smile to me because I'm like, wow, Lord, it's working. Like what I thought was unredeemable that I didn't think could ever be restored or ever changed in me. When they would tell me those things, I'm like, God, it's working. And I would smile so big and I would like rejoice with my husband because I'm like, babe, like it's working. I'm actually changing. It can be done. So it can be done with you. If it could be done with me, girl, I'm telling you, it could be done with you and you can change. Don't ever let anybody say you can't change. You'll never change. Don't let them speak those words over you because that's a lie. And I'm a living, walking, moving testimony that's testifying to you that you can change. And so as I begin to change, my perspective of my family changed. And as I gotten around them, like I love them so much and I want to be around them all the time. And before I didn't, I was like, I don't want to be around them. And it was because my own devils, (laughs) to be real. And so 
now I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see them. I can't wait to be around them. And yeah, we still bump heads, but it's not this like all out brawl like it was before. (laughs) And so I'm just being real with you guys. Like I have nothing to hide. I'm like, I'll, I'm going to tell it how it is because it's going to help somebody out there. But now I'm like, how can I serve my family? And so every time I go around them, like I want to give to them. So I'll go to one of the outlets out there or if there's something that I have that I know they want, I'll give it to them. Like, here's a story. So when I was recently out in Florida to visit my family for a little bit, Lance had just got me my dream bag. It was a Louis Vuitton bag designer. It was amazing. It was beautiful. It was so beautiful. That was my favorite bag. (laughs) And I had it probably for what, like six months, five, six months brought that thing everywhere with me. It was the perfect size. I could hold everything up in there. And when I was out in Florida, my mom was like, oh my goodness, you have that bag. I was like, what bag? And she's like, the my pastor's wife, she has that bag and it's in black and I loved it so much. And I told the Lord that I'm gonna get that bag someday. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's so sweet. And mom, if you're hearing this, you're gonna hear my side of the story and how I felt. But anyways, So I said all that and I was like, oh, that's awesome. And yeah, I'm going to pray that you get that bag too. And not knowing that I was praying my own bag to her. But long story short, we were saying bye to drive away to go back home to West Virginia. And the Lord was like, I want you to give your mom your bag. And I was like, I'm like, this is not me. This is the enemy. Like, that's not you, God. This is or this is me. I'm just feeling guilty or bad. I want to give her my bag. I'm like, nope, it's not you. I'm not giving my bag up. <laughs> and so I started to tear up because I knew. I'm like, yo, I know that it's, it, it is you, God. I'm trying to justify it and get out of it. But it really is you. But I still tried. And I was like, Lance, I'm like, do you think that this is God? Like, I feel like I'm supposed to give my bag up. It was like, literally, I could feel like the lump in my throat. It was such a huge thing that I had to do. And I know that sounds crazy because some people could care less about bags, but that was my dream bag. So Lance was like, Alexis, you know that that's God. And before I've given up designer bags with no hesitation, but because this one was like my favorite, it was hard to give up. But God was like, do you trust me? Like if you continue to give, when I give you something and when, and you continue to give, I'm going to continue to make sure that you're that you get to keep some. And I was like, okay, but I'm telling you guys, I cried. So I ended up crying and I was like, Lance, I don't want to give up the bag. And he's like, you know what you got to do? So I almost held on to that thing, but I started to empty it before um, I saw my mom because I wanted to surprise her. So I started taking all the things out and I was like, and I'm like taking pictures of it and petting it. Like (laughs) it sounds funny, but this is, this is what I was really doing. So held the bag and I was like, all right. So I went to give my mom a hug almost tried to forget about it in the car and then Holy Spirit's like go get that bag and I was like all right I'm gonna go get the bag so gave her a hug and I said wait mom because she was about to walk in her car I'm like I I got something to give you she's like oh really what is it so I went and got the bag and I gave it to her she started crying and I started crying and it was like this beautiful moment she's like oh my goodness Alexis I know this is your favorite bag you don't gotta do that I'm like but I want to and I felt like the Lord told me to give it to you enjoy it take care of that baby (laughs) but anyways I was crying, but afterwards I got in the car and I'm like, Lance, I wasn't crying because I was happy. I mean, I was happy, but I was crying because I had to let go of that bag, my favorite bag that you gave me. And he started laughing and I started laughing. But I said all I have to say is Holy Spirit 
knew that that's what my mom needed in the moment. Like she literally was praying for that. And I really felt like that was like a sign of her new season that he was wanting her to walk in and um, how he's going to promote her, my family and stuff. And so I was afterwards, after I got over myself, I was glad to have done that. So I said, I brought that story up because one of the ways that I like to serve them is by giving them gifts. And then also by when I'm there, hey, what can I do to help? Can I make something? Because usually when I go to my parents' house, I want to be the one. I want them to make food for me. I'm like, I get to be home. The kids can run around. I get to not have to be the one to cook dinner. But I want to switch it to where I'm like, how can I serve you? You've served me all these years. You've taken care of me. What can I do to help you? And that's how you can be with your family members too, whether they love you or take care of you or not. You could be that person that's a light unto them. And through that, they'll be like, yo, so-and-so changed. And if they could change, I could change too. Even when I've been mean to them and snarky, like they know when they've been mean to you. But another example is I'm still like that with some of my family members now. My grandma, my father, my biological father, he wasn't there in my life, guys. He was not there. And now he lives up the street from me. I barely see him, but I still try to serve him in ways that I can. On Father's Day, and I know I'm getting off of Christmas, but I'm trying to give you guys, or the season, but I'm trying to give you guys an idea of what it looks like to serve. And I even talked to one of my spiritual moms and she's like, you love your your dad, even if he wasn't there for you, love him, show him that love because he does love you. He loves you in the capacity that only he knows how. And that's like the the limit, but you have Christ. You have the love of Christ. You can represent that to him. You can show him who that who he is. And unconditional love is whether you're good or not, I'm going to love you anyways. And so on Father's Day, I get him a red lobster dinner. I go out and I get him the dinner and he loves it every time. And I'm like, I love you, dad. Whether you were there for me or not, like he brought me into this world. And so I asked my grandma, like we were always getting her groceries. My husband helps a lot with that too. Like we're always taking care of her because she's a widow. She doesn't have a spouse. And so we're trying to always find ways to serve and help serve her and make sure that she's taken care of. And we even help pay some of her rent and all these different things. And I'm only sharing those things from my side of the story so that you can hear what that looks like to serve. It can look different for you. But through that, I'm being able to represent Christ. When would I be able to do that any other time, right? So through this, I'm able, whether I don't, I feel like it or not, there's sometimes I don't feel like it. I'm like, oh, I got to go do my own grocery shopping or I got to do my own things. and I got to go take you now. And sometimes I'll have an attitude and I have to catch myself. But around this season, when we're around our family, there's little things that we can do. And, and if you don't have any ideas, even after the, some of the ideas that I have said, you can ask Holy Spirit and he'll show you like some of these things the Holy Spirit shows me. Go get her a drink. Go get her this or go give your mom that bag. Like <laughs> there's different things that you can do. And I'm not telling you to give away your stuff. But if Holy Spirit is asking you to do it, do it. And you'll you'll find yourself getting the things back as stuff at the end of the day. Or if he's asking you to make dinner, wash the dishes, be the one that's up all night making the turkey with granny, you know. Be the one that um, wants to start up a conversation with someone that's always bitter or something. Or just show the love of Christ. There's so many ways. And if you don't know, like I said, ask Holy Spirit, look in the word. There's different ways that we can serve our family 
around this time when we're around them the most. And so I really hope that this encouraged you. I really wanted to share those stories so that you're able to relate like, yeah, man, I could do that. Or that looks like that's something that's doable. And a little goes a long way. You don't have to always do something on a grand scheme. A little will go a long way. Just showing someone that you care, even with your family members, even though that they they know you as that little girl that always did this, the little girl who always did that, you can still show the love of Christ no matter what. And then if you need a, a second to like, Calm yourself down if someone does bring up a past situation because family, one thing about family, they know how to push your buttons. They know how to bring up stuff that you don't want brought up or they know how to push your buttons to the point that provokes you to, to anger or something, you know. But if you do feel like that is trying to come up on you, you can always go take a second. Sometimes I'll go outside, go to the bathroom. Okay, Lord, I'll speak in tongues for a few minutes. I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't want to react because I know that they're wanting me to react. You know, there's some antagonistic people. There's people that try to get you riled up. And so some of us have family members that are not safe, so they don't understand. They're just allowing the enemy to use them because they don't know. And if they don't know, they don't know. But if you can be that person that's still rooted and grounded and not shaken when people try to throw you off when your family members try to try to get you riled up then that'll be a testimony in itself as well so do what you got to do go to the bathroom go outside ask the holy spirit to help you real quick like god i cannot do this in my own strength and you're right you can't so say i can't do this in my own strength i'm about to go off but i know that that's not right help me right now to not go off help me to not get out of character because I'm supposed to be representing you. And I know you wouldn't do that. So please, please, please help me. There's been times I say that right before I go into somewhere that I know that we don't have the best relationship or something. I'm like, God, please, please help me. I'm like, please. <laughs> and sure enough, he would give me the courage and the strength. And next thing you know, I'm walking in there with confidence, with a smile on my face, loving them through the mess, loving them through their stuff. And Almost every single time, guys, I'm not even kidding. Like there's a revival happening up in my family. And I say that because even distant family members are like asking about God and they're wanting to go to church and they're asking my parents and different people on what they're doing. And wow, I really want that. I need some peace. And it all started with us like having grace for one another and willing to hear each other when it came to like past hurts and situations. That's another thing. Like when someone brings up a situation that happened in the past that maybe you didn't even know that you were the person that hurt them in the in the time at the time or that person didn't know they hurt you and you're able to really talk out of love and not with that anger and hurt. There's restoration that takes place and God wants us to restore relationships. And so in my family over the past five years, we've really been working individually and together on healing certain situations like I brought up stuff to my mom a few times of stuff she didn't even know I'm like yeah mom I got taken advantage of and I know you didn't know and it broke her heart and she didn't it was hard for her to hear that because she's like oh my goodness like my job was to always you know try to protect you and so also tread lightly with conversations like that like I'm the type of person that I'm an open book so I'll say things but then I'm like I don't want to say it and then it ruins somebody so you got to be led with that as well and so just remember that if you can be the one that speaks out of love, serves one another and, and shows the love of Christ, 
there's restoration that can take place. You could be the one to bridge the gap for the family. And next thing you know, you got revival in your family happening. Like I'm telling you, I know my family's going to be saved. I'm talking about from cousins to first cousins to second cousins. And it's just um, an amazing thing. And I know that that can happen for you as well because tis the season for family. So Father, right now, I just pray for each and every woman that's on here. I pray that as they're surrounded by family in this season, during the holidays, Father, I pray that you would give them the strength to be able to stand and to not be shaken, to stand on your word. I pray that you would also help them to be the light, to light up in the darkness, in the darkness of family, in the darkness amongst friends, that even when the truth, they don't know the truth, that they would represent your truth and come from a place of love and not from anger and fear and whatever else, Father. And I just pray that you would use them to be able to lead the unsaved family members to you, that you would use them to be able to lead the the unsaved friends to you, Father. And then I pray that if there is any unforgiveness, Father, that you would begin to shed light on those areas, on the people that they need to forgive, that you would even begin to bring up their names right now as I pray, Father, so that they could forgive those people and let it go and let it go because it's not worth it. Life is but a vapor. We don't got time to hold on to un to, un to unforgiveness and resentment and all the different things that come with it, bitterness. So I just pray that you would reveal that to them, that you would Give them the strength to let it go in the name of Jesus. It's time to let that thing go, to let it go. And I pray that their family would experience revival, that it would start with them, that it would start with them bridging the gap, being the one to help restore relationships, restore past hurts and traumas that took place, Father. I pray that you would even open up a window for them to begin to talk about it and to begin to talk about you, but that it wouldn't be a, from a political standpoint. It wouldn't be from a standpoint of better than thou or holier than thou, but it would be from a standpoint of, I love you and I want to see you do better. I want to see you have peace. And I just pray that it would be a ripple effect in their family, that it would go from one person to the other to the another until everyone is pointed to you. And I thank you for each and every person and all that you're doing. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to speak life always and I will catch you next week. Bye.